Welcome. You are listening to a sermon preached at Church at the Armory. If you like what you hear, share it. God bless you. Okay. Everybody doing good? Praise God. What a powerful testimony. Um, I'm going to talk to most everybody here this morning is our people, and I want to talk to our people. I want to, I want to talk to you. I, I may end up slipping into preaching every once in a while, but I'm going to try to talk to you about our church and um, the concept of when we were at youth camp, we were at YFN, like Andrew mentioned. Uh, I don't know if you can read this, but it says Eden. Um, I wore this shirt because Andrew brought it for me, and because it just to, to commemorate what happened this last week in Eden, or excuse me, at YFN. But the concept of Eden, like he said, was, you know, you were created for a relationship with God, unhindered, without sin, right? You were created for not just to um, have a few moments. We were created to walk with God in the cool of the day. Right, and and that's you were created to be uh, in the habitation of His presence, and so um, so that's what Jesus came to restore. Amen. Not just to uh, make sure you don't go to hell, but to actually restore unhindered relationship with Jesus. Amen. Ultimately, culminating in eternity with God, where there is absolutely no separation. Somebody ready for that? All right, and so the concept of Eden, and so I want to preach to you. Uh, I heard this message on um, the last Monday night, that, and I want to take some of the the principles that this guy shared, and I want to apply them to our church. So I'm a pastor talking to you about our church this morning, okay? And so I want to start though with Ephesians chapter four. I know you're in Genesis, but I'm going to start in Ephesians chapter four. Two verses here. You got it, brother. Throw it up on the screen for me. Eleven and twelve. It says. Uh, Paul is talking about God, and God gives these gifts to the local church. He gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and some teachers. For, and there's three words here I want everybody to say out loud. For the equipping. Everybody say equipping. Equipping. Everybody say equipping. Equipping Equipping of the saints for the work. Everybody say work. Work. Everybody say service. Work of service, the the working of the ministry, okay? And then number three, the third word is for the building up. Everybody say build up. So God gave these gifts in the fivefold ministry, apostles, prophets, pastors, teachers, evangelists, that they would equip. Everybody would get equipped, uh, tooled up, uh, understanding their role and understanding uh, more than just their role, but like how to and have everything they need to work. Everybody say work. work. First thing I want to say this morning that everybody needs to hear, okay, work is not a Christian dirty word. Amen? Amen. Work is not a Christian dirty word. I'm not even talking about your job. I'm talking about working in the body of Christ so that when we all are working, the whole thing is built up. All right? So now I want to take you back to Eden. Go to Genesis chapter 2. I'm going to read a lot of scripture here, so you just hang with me, all right? This is the story of creation. Verse 4, I'll just read it for you. That This is the account of the heavens. Now I'm going to stop and pray. 
Father God, I pray that this word, I pray that this, the, the words of Scripture would be embodied into our spirit. That they would be, I, I just see like this picture of, of a fishing line with a hook on the end. They would, that, that, that we would swallow this hook, line, and sinker. It would get large inside of our spirit. And that the Holy Spirit would be able to use this word to, to turn us in any direction he needs to turn our hearts. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody said, this is the account of the heavens and the earth when they were created. In the day that the Lord God made earth and heaven, no shrub of the field was yet on earth. No plant had yet sprouted. Everybody say, why? why? Two reasons. The first reason is the Lord God had not yet sent rain upon the earth. Raise your hand if you can make it rain. <laughs> Good job, man. <laughs> Raise your hand if you can make it rain. At best, we can artificially take water from the earth and throw it back on top of the earth. That makes sense? At best. But nobody in this room has the power to make it rain. That's the kind of stuff God does. So on one side, everybody say God's part. God's part is that he makes it rain. You with me? All right. So the, the reason there was, no, there was no vegetation on the earth at this point is because God hadn't sent rain yet. The second reason, there was no man to cultivate the ground. Everybody say man's part. See, there's only stuff that God can do. Make it rain. But there was two reasons given why the earth hadn't had the vegetation on it yet. One, God hadn't fully done his part yet. Not that he's not, not that he is insufficient. He just hadn't released rain yet. You with me? And two, he hadn't released rain yet because he wasn't ready for everything to grow because he hadn't put man there to do man's job. And what you have is this partnership called co-laboring. God from the very beginning had a design where he would co-labor with man in order to cultivate the garden. In order to do the work of the ministry. There's some things that only God can do. Only God can make it rain. Only God can convict a heart. Only God can pour out His Spirit in a way that everything changes, right? Only God can draw man's heart to salvation. There's only certain things only God can do. But also, there's God chose. I don't know why He chose this. If I was God, I wouldn't chose to partner with man. I'd be, I'm God all by myself. I can do whatever I want to. I don't need your help, right? That's why I'm not God, because I think wrong. Amen? Okay, but God, in his infinite wisdom and knowledge, decides to co-labor with man where God does his part, man does his part. We're going to talk about what cultivate means in a minute. Man does his part. And together, when they come together, co-laboring, it, what it, in this case, it's a garden. The garden flourishes. I'm, I'm talking to you about our church this morning. Y'all with me? So let's keep on reading. A mist used to rise from the earth and water the whole surface of the ground. Then the Lord God formed man out of the dust of the ground, breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. Man became a living person. 
The Lord God planted a garden toward the east in Eden. The garden is not Eden. The garden's in Eden. It's not the garden Eden. It's the garden of or in Eden. That makes sense? Eden is this vast territory with a garden in it. You with me? All right. And so, um, where am I at? The Lord God planted a garden toward the east in Eden, and he placed man, he placed the man whom he had formed. Verse 9, out of the ground the Lord God caused every tree to grow that is pleasing to the sight and good for food. The tree of life was also in the midst of the garden, and the tree of knowledge of good and evil. And rivers flowed out of the Eden toward to water the garden. And from there, it divided and became four rivers, and the name of the first was Fishon, and it flows it flows from the whole land of Havilah. And there is gold. The gold of that land is good. And Bedellum and Ox and Onkstone. And there is a well. And the name of the second river is uh, Gihon or Gihon or whatever Han. Okay. And it flows from the whole land of Cush. And the name of the third river is the Tigris. And it flows out of Assyria. And the fourth river is Euphrates. Verse 15. The Lord God took man and put him. He picked him up and put him in the middle of the garden. And the reason he puts him in the middle of this garden, he says, I want you to cultivate it, and I want you to tend it. Look at my face, and I want everybody that's a part of this church to hear what I'm saying. Work is not a dirty word. Amen? Cultivating is not a bad thing. Tending is not a bad thing. Cleegy, you, are you here, Cleegy? She passed the test this week. All right. Cleegy. This is a, from her garden. This jal- I think this is a jalapeno pepper, right? I love to smell peppers, right? This is one of them green, what do you call this, banana peppers? I don't know. It's green pepper. It's a lightly green pepper. Uh, what color are these peppers? Anyway, so uh, you got peppers. She's got tomatoes. How many of y'all love fresh garden tomatoes? I mean, how many, I, I'm not a tomato guy. I mean, so... Really, the point right now is if you don't say amen, I have stuff to throw at you. <laughs> it's kind of backwards how it usually is like you are throwing stuff at me, but no, we turn the tables today in the house of God, okay? <laughs> All right, so these things come out of Cleegee's garden. Cle- Everybody say Cleegee's garden. garden. Now, we all know what happened. We all know that Cleegee walked into our backyard one day and boom, there was tomatoes and peppers. We know that some bird somewhere picked up a seed, flew over Cleegee's house, and it dropped into the ground, and some cat walked by and pushed it into the ground on accident, and then it rained, and then rain came up, and then when the tomato vine was falling over, uh, she accidentally backed up her lawnmower, and, and it propped it back up, and then tomatoes started falling off, the, and, and she just walked down and said, hey, tomatoes. With no work, no effort, no energy, no nothing on her part, she just walked out and starts picking fruit. Is that how it went? No. Let me ask you this question. If that's not how it goes in the natural, why do we do church like that in the spiritual? Where I just show up and hope to pick some fruit off of the trees without actually having to do my part in cultivating the garden. Yes. Now, what really happened is Cleegee went down to Henley's and bought some seed and Went outside and worked the ground. 
work, cult, uh, so it looks like cultivated because work's a bad word, right? Cultivated the ground, plowed and dug and whatever, and she planted seed, and she had to watch the seed, and she had to see when it started growing, and she had to add some stuff to the soil and take away some stuff and prop stuff up and water it and, and tend to it, right? And then she, she, she carefully watched over this garden until it started producing fruit. Now, there were certain things she couldn't do. This is a big, ripe red tomato that has absolutely benefited from a lot of rain this spring. Somebody say Amen. And, 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 just, and she can't make a seed grow. She has no power over the seed. She plants it in faith, knowing it's going to do what God created it to do, right? But she, can't, she doesn't have any power over the seed. She does her part. God does his part. And together they reap the benefits, the fruit of a, of a well-cultivated and tended garden. The word cultivate means this. It means to work. Or to serve. Uh, throw back up there real fast Ephesians 4.12. Ephesians 4.12. For the equipping of the saints for the work of... Everybody say that next word. Service. When you work, you're serving. It's a service unto the product, whatever you're, whatever you're trying to achieve. Does that make sense? It's not just, when we think of work, we've so identified work as a negative. Work is hard. Work is tiring. Work is, I work all day just to come home. And it's like, and it's like work is negative. Okay, and I'm going to get into some things we've taught in the Christian world about work that just aren't true from the very beginning, man was placed by God. Not where he was created. Not where he was shaped in the dirt. He was picked up and put in the middle of a garden for the sole reason of, of, of experiencing God there and cultivating, taking care of God's garden. Okay? And so, um, so the word cultivate means to work, to serve, accomplish do, let work, urge to work, make, serve, take into service. It's this idea of working. Now, the word tend, he was there to cultivate it and to tend it. The word tend means to keep watch over it, to guard it. Cleasy sent me pictures the other day in her backyard, Bambi and Mama. And if need be, if Bambi's eating her tomato, it's Cleasy's job. To put Bambi in the refrigerator. <laughs> Why? Because Bambi tastes good too. But my point is, is whatever's coming to steal from your garden. Oh, y'all aren't, aren't hearing what I'm saying. Whatever's come to steal. The enemy came to kill, steal, and destroy. Whatever's come to steal from your garden, it's your job to tend the garden and to drive it away. The prophet had to, over the sacrifice, he had to drive the vultures off. And it's the same thing with this church. I'm not talking about this physical building. I'm talking about the people inside of it. If, there, if our body is, is a symbol of a garden, it's our job for all of us to work to cultivate this garden. This freshly planted new garden. That everybody needs to do our part in working and cultivating and fighting off the stuff that would come to steal from it. To tend to it. Make sense? Watch over it. 
The New Testament literally says, watch over one another, saving our souls. That makes sense? So there's this, this idea of, of uh, go back to uh, Genesis chapter 2, the end there, verse 15. The Lord God took man, put him in the garden to cultivate, to work it, and to watch over it. This is your pastor asking this simple question that only you can answer before God. Now, you ain't got to answer it before me. Only you can answer before God. Some of you can absolutely say yes. But some of you, it's time to, to maybe come back to work. But the, I want to ask you, every, every person that calls this church home, I want to ask you this question. Are you doing your part to cultivate the garden of church at the armory? Are you tending it? Are you working it? I'm not talking about this building. There's going to come a day soon where we're going to be like, hey, we need to paint some walls over here. We need to, you know, scrub some stuff. And, you know, we're going to do some physical labor in in the building. And there will be a lot of people sign up for that. Please say amen. (laughs) Please say amen, right? right, There will be a lot of people come sign up for a work day. But are you day in, day out committed yourself to do your part? All of us joined together, doing our part means grow for the whole, doing all of our part to see that this church, this garden, if you will, is well cultivated and well tended to. That it's that it's what? Bearing fruit. This is, I'm going to say lots of things about this church. One of them, i got to say this. This church is not an attendance culture. Just come, attend, get your fix, and go home. Come back the next week, attend, get your fix, and go home. This is a cultivation culture where all of us have a part to play in the service of this whole ministry. If this garden's going to be something special, if this garden's going to grow to be fruitful, if it's going to grow to be a place where, where we, look at me, a place where we all can cohabitate with God and co-labor with God in this place where we have been planted. Eldorado, Arkansas, God planted a garden, and you are here today because he picked you up and placed you right here where you are. I didn't choose this garden. The garden, God chose me in this garden. Does that make sense what I'm saying to you? I can't walk away from the garden if God picked me up and put me in the garden. The only way I get out of the garden is if he picked me up and plants me somewhere else. I can't just go, I don't like the tomatoes here. Y'all out there okay? Am I, are you okay? I, I, I'm not, Cleji's. Cleji's jalapenos aren't nearly spicy enough. I'm going over to the spicy jalapeno church. They cultivate different. You see what I'm saying? No, I didn't ask to be here. That sounds terrible to say, doesn't it? I was formed. God had the plan of the garden before he ever formed the man. Before I ever existed, God knew he would plant me in Eldorado, Arkansas. You too, not just me, you too. 
He knew where you would live, what church you would go to, right? And what, what, what people you could give your heart to and work together to cultivate something beautiful and glorious. That we could walk with God together in the midst of a beautiful garden called church at the armory. Make sense? And so that's what we're here today to discuss cultivation. Now, let's, let's take a little bit different approach. Genesis chapter 3, verse 17. Everybody knows what happened between that last verse I just shared to now. They ate some trees they weren't supposed to eat. Not the tree, but they ate some fruit of the tree they weren't supposed to eat of. And their sin entered the picture, right? If I say sin. Sin, sin entered the picture. Jesus comes and he finds Adam and Eve and they're hiding and he pulls them out. He begins to talk to them. What happened? Somebody tell me what happened, right? What'd you do, snake? What'd you do, woman, right? And then he gets to the man. And then he, he talks about, he asked the man this question and, you know, it wasn't my fault, this woman's fault and whatever and all this. And so then, then God says, okay, this is what's going to happen. Snake, this is how it's going to go for you. Your head will experience the crushing. All right? Woman, this is what's going to happen to you. You're going to have babies. It's going to hurt. Right? Man, this is what happens to you. Your work going to be different now it once was work in a very fruitful environment that flourished unhindered that every time they did what God's design was it worked the work worked man if I hear Christians today post corona era it's a frustration that the work isn't working anymore. How many of you know what I'm talking about? Feels like we're banging our head against the wall. Like we keep working, but we're not seeing the fruit we're used to. You see what I'm saying? And it's this idea that, that work is now cursed. And so what we what's happening is because we don't feel fruitful anymore, because we don't feel like our work is bearing fruit anymore, we backed off of cultivation and we just kind of we just want to want to exist in the garden and let God do all the work. Does that make sense? This is what he says. He said to Adam, because you've listened to the voice of your wife and have eaten from the tree which is about I commanded you, you shall not eat from it. Cursed is the ground. The ground he's supposed to work. Cursed is the ground because of you in toil. Uh, my version says hard toil. Okay? In hard labor, you, will, you shall eat from it all the days of your life. That word hard labor, listen to me, look at me, means anxious, anxious toil. Anxious toil means this. Look at me. Am I going to do this? And I'm anxious to I'm going to try to do this. And I'm going to have to sit here and wonder and be anxious if what I'm doing is working. Is this going to work? Y'all know I'm talking about the church, right? Is this going to work? That's what, that's what anxious toil feels like. That's the kind of work we are supposed to avoid. The cursed work. Where we feel like we're working something that we always have to wonder. Is, if it's good. is it going to bear fruit? Are we going to see any fruit of our labor? 
You understand what I'm saying? Now, here's the thing. I believe, and I just say this to our church, those of you who call this place home, I believe that, that like I've said about our church and the transition we've made, I believe this is way bigger than just we moved to a different location. I believe we have, I believe we have literally kind of birthed a new thing. Or, how should I say this? We have been moved to a new garden that we're called to cultivate. And this is what I believe. I'm not creating a verses out then and now. This is what I believe for us right now moving forward. I believe that we are called to cultivate a garden that is going to be fruitful again. Yes. Do you believe that? Yes. If you don't believe that, why in the world are you here, right? But I believe we're in a new season, a new day, and, 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 it's, and it's, a, it's a calling to come cultivate a garden where it's fruitful. It's still work, but there's no anxious toil. It's the idea that we all work and we all, we all believe that if we plant, we shall reap in due season. We all believe that our work is going to accomplish something. This is a new day in a new garden. Somebody say amen. amen. Now, it goes on and it talks a lot about stuff and thorns and thistles and sweat of your face and all this kind of stuff. And I'm not saying there's no days in the future that aren't going to be hard. But what I'm saying is I truly, genuinely believe, hear your pastor say, I believe we have moved into a new garden that we're called to cultivate. God picked us up. I'm not talking about a building. God picked us up and put us in a new season, a new garden, and said, now cultivate this. Tend this. And we can grow, and we can be fruitful, and we can multiply, and we can see the fruits of our labor, and we can see, uh, we can just see a, a habitation, not just a visitation, but a habitation of the presence and the glory of God as we even cultivate that in the new garden. That makes sense? One of the stories that I kind of think gets abused is Mary and Martha's story. It's supposed to teach you that work is bad, right? Let's read it. You want to read it? How many of you have already thought about Mary and Martha, right? You're arguing with me right now. Come on, raise your hand. Mary and Martha. Well, Martha said, Martha, yeah, Martha, she was wrong. She worked. Let's read it. By the, uh, let's read. Go, go ahead, brother. Put, put it up there for me. Luke 10. Jesus is part of the day, okay? They were traveling along, and he entered a village, and a woman named Martha welcomed him into their home. What this is from the very beginning is Jesus is on a journey. He is traveling through. He's going to come into their home to visit, but then he's going to go again because he's on a journey. This is a visitation. This isn't a habitation. The garden was a place to... to uh, to habitate with God. That's what you cultivate. You've got to cultivate a habitation with God in your personal life. Let may say amen. Uh, hey, if you're living from visitation to visitation to visitation to visitation, that's a, that's a part of revival culture that is bad. Just looking for the next thrill and quick fix with God and, and I love revival but I'm not interested in just a visitation from God we're called to build something with Jesus co-laboring with Christ where he habitates with us in us, through us and we build this garden 
People from, how many of y'all been over to Garvin Gardens in Hot Springs? Especially, go at Christmas. It is cool, okay? People from all over the tri-state region drive to Hot Springs to go to a garden because it's been so well cultivated. You build, if we build God's garden with him, oh, people will be interested. Whenever, whenever we make the beauty of the Lord the show, the point, right? Whenever we make the beauty of the Lord and his creation, his habitation, when, that's the point, and we cultivate that. Uh, we ain't got to worry about people. We're not trying to just get people to attend. We're trying to get people to plant themselves in this garden and grow alongside of us and go from a seed to a, tree, to a, to a, a seed-bearing tree. That's discipleship. That's growth. That's cultivation. She had a sister named Mary who was seated at the Lord's feet. Mary, in this visitation, did what we're supposed to do. When Jesus comes, and his presence comes in intangible, right there, reality, it is wise for all of us to stop what we're doing and sit down at his feet and glean everything we can from his words while he's there from that visitation. So that's one side of the equation, but let me tell you the other side of the equation. The problem wasn't that Jesus never rebuked Mary for, or Martha for working. He rebuked her for the kind of work she was doing. Martha was distracted. It wasn't, it wasn't like she was in the moment. She was distracted by everything that needed to be done. In the moment of a visitation. Y'all with me? It's she was working, but even her work was distracted. Her work was frustration. She was frustrated by her work. Or she's frustrated by the work. We say she's frustrated with Mary, but there's no reason to be frustrated with Mary is if, she, if, if the idea is she's frustrated with Mary because she wants help doing her work. So why aren't you helping me? You're just copping out at this moment. And in the visitation, you sit down at the feet of Jesus and you glean. But then once, when Jesus keeps on his journey, you get back up and you get back to work. Building a habitation. Somebody say amen. amen. <laughs> okay. So she came to him and said, Lord, do you not care? Same thing. Same, same thing she said, she said to Jesus whenever uh, Lazarus had died. Do you don't care that my brother died? Like, uh, Martha? Martha? Needs to cultivate her garden. <laughs> you don't care that my sister has left me. When work drives you to be inward focused, rather than the idea that we all work together for a greater purpose than any one person. See what I'm saying? Work inward focus is bad. When we all work together to see his purpose and desires fulfilled, good. Lord, you don't care that my sister has left me to do all the serving alone. Tell her. Uh, tread lightly when you tell Jesus what to do. <laughs> Listen, this is what you're going to do, Jesus. My enemy over there, you're going to grab him by the hair of the head. <laughs> like, be careful, okay? Okay? Verse 41, 
Jesus says to her, Martha, Martha, Martha. Martha, Martha, Martha. Martha, Martha. How many are hearing, um, what's it called? Nah. Brady Bunch in your head. Marsha, 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 right? Yeah. Okay. Martha, Martha, you are worried. If I'm preaching a sermon to y'all, I'm preaching a sermon to me. We can't worry. Worry work is bad work. Faith work. But see, look at me. Look at me. Look at me. When Cleges and Andrews and these overseers, when you begin to see them worry, it's not because they're faithless people. It's because sometimes they feel like they're doing all the work alone. Just like Martha felt like Mary. See what I'm saying? Worry work is sometimes, man, where's my help? Where's somebody to come alongside and pick up some of the load? Now, I realize this morning I'm preaching to the working people, right? I'm not, I, look, I'm not, I'm preaching to the people who come to work at church. I'm talking about they, they are, they're heavily invested into cultivating this garden, okay? So, so y'all get the recording and share it with people who aren't cultivating, amen? But my point is, is like, when we all do our part, it creates growth for the whole body. Somebody say Amen. Martha, you're worried and bothered about lots of stuff. But, verse, next verse, but only one thing's necessary in this moment of visitation. Mary has chosen the good part, not, and you can't take it away from her. Okay? So, work is not bad. In the moment of visitation, let's, let's, let's uh, focus not be distracted and get at the feet of Jesus and glean everything. And then he goes on his journey and then we get to cultivating the habitation. Everybody say amen. You see what I'm saying? So there's going to be moments of our church where there's going to be sit the feet time. Yeah. Give me moments of our church where we, we all just kind of stop what you're doing. Everybody get down at the feet of Jesus and listen real close and focus. And there's going to be time for, all right, all hands on deck. Let's go. We got work to do. Yeah. Amen. And it's never just one or the other. But the bigger picture is we have this garden. This church of the armory garden, if you want to say. And we all were placed here with specific roles of cultivating the garden. And when we all cultivate together and watch over it and tend to it and do the work that needs to be done, we can expect a fruitful ministry. Uh, let me say it this way. When you're equipped and you do the work, it's building up of the whole body. The whole thing is built up. That's what we're after. A huge building up of this garden. And, you know, amen? Um, that's all the scriptures I've got, but that's not all the message I've got. Yesterday... Ray, Ray Lynn texted me in the middle of the day and she said, she said, think on this. I like how Ray Lynn talks to me. Ray Lynn doesn't ask you to do something. She tells you what to do. You need a friend like Ray Lynn. Amen? Ray Lynn said, think about this. Sent me 2 Kings chapter 6. 
Second Kings chapter six, the verse, the first, I think, seven verses is the story of the axe head that floats. How many of you know that story? Well, if you don't, let me just recap it real fast for you. Elisha is the prophet in Israel. They need to build another house. They need to build a bigger structure. Okay, they need, they need to build something. Everybody say build. Go put, uh, put Ephesians chapter 4, verse 12 back up there for me. Okay? The goal, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 12. Thank you, brother. Okay? The goal, you're doing good. You're doing good. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 12. Everybody say, yippee. yippee. Yay, who? Jesus. Okay, just trust me what it says, okay? It says, reading it backwards, the building up of the whole body. Everybody say, build. So the first thing, that, our goal is to build, is to build. If you think building, please wash your head out with soap. The building of the body, not a building. If your mind runs to the building first, please stop, okay? To build the body, the church, the people of God. Build, 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 build. Jesus, the chief cornerstone. We are the brick and mortar being laid on the foundation to create this big temple that he indwells because you are the temple of the Holy Ghost. To build the body, okay? To build, you got to work. To work, you got to be equipped. So Elijah is a prophet. He's an equipper. And they need to go cut down some trees by the River Jordan to build with these trees, this new structure for for Israel and God. And as they're working, I say working, Working. they're chopping. And old Billy Bob is cutting down his log. And when he comes back for another swap, the head of the axe goes flying off, made out of iron goes flying off the handle and lands in the river. And dude's like, uh, this is not good. Reason this is not good is number one, this ain't my axe. I borrowed it from Jonathan, right? Number two, <laughs> we can't go jump in this river, Jordan. Jordan River is, is, is for real river, and find an axe head. It's gone, which means We are no longer equipped to work to build. And I'm here to tell you that a season of feeling unequipped to work and build is about is over. Because the 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 prophet, I'm gonna give you gifts, apostle, prophet, pastor, teacher, evangelist, and they're gonna equip you. To do the work to build the building. The prophet walks over there and says, <clears throat> I don't know what he says. Something like, Axe head, come forth. <laughs> I don't know, he threw a stick in the water, didn't he? Yeah. There was a stick in the water. And maybe it was a new handle. And that axe head comes and and the, listen, the, the, the fivefold ministry re-equips the workers to do the work to build the building. Old Testament is showing you Ephesians chapter 4, verse 12. Equipping, working, building. This is a, this is a house where apostolic ministry 
building. Apostolic ministry is the building of the body. That's what it is. To be, to be, to, to be sent to build. Prophetics. How many of y'all, we just heard a story of someone who prophesies, right? To build up the body. Not just this church, but the body of the elder Reddit, The body of Christ in the elder Reddit. Pastors. I think there's much better pastoring. I'm not talking about me. I'm talking about you. There's much better care for the body than I've seen in a long time. Where people are loving on one another, building each other up, caring for one another, okay? Uh, 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 teachers. Evangelists. People, uh, Cleegy can come up here and testify where she's had this brand new fire, like 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 uh, uh, Haley was talking about, this brand new fire to do the work of an evangelist lately, right? It's because all these things are coming together to equip all of us, which is the concept of an army. An army is where you go to get equipped so you can be sent out to do the work that you were equipped for. And so we come here, we get we get equipped, we get built up, we get equipped to do the work. We're not equipped. To go sit on our gift. Not equipped to go sit on our calling. Not equipped to just, to just make it to next Sunday. Yeah. Equipped to do work. That when we all work together, equipped by God. And I, and I just say to you, in the name of Jesus, God's making axe heads float. Yes. Some of you who feel like that you've lost thing that you had that equipped you to do the work. God's putting that he's calling that stuff out of the river and putting it back on your life. Yes. Some of y'all who some of y'all who who who, who just been you you've trying you, you keep trying to muster up the energy to go work but every time you do it makes you anxious and and and, and you feel like you're just toiling in vain and, and I tried what I've always known to do and it just ain't working right and, and I'm just saying God is putting the axe head back on where when the axe head's on the handle when you chop the tree it actually works yeah. and trees fall and houses are built and so as the as pastor this morning part of my uh, 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 function in the fivefold ministry is to Tell you all, it was God who placed us in this garden. I need you to, I need you to say that. I need you to help me think that y'all believe that. It was God who placed us in this garden. Amen. That we might all serve by working. What do you mean? You mean, I guarantee you, and I'm not trying to be rude. I guarantee you, and some of you need to do this. Somebody can come up to me and say, hey, at the church, meaning this building, what do you need me to come do? I do not, yes, at some point, I'm going to need you to come grab a paintbrush and paint something. I'm going to need you to, actually, we're pretty picky about who paints. I've seen some of y'all paint. <laughs> but, you know, everybody can mop. Everybody's got that toilet bowl cleaning anointing. <laughs> How many of y'all don't have that one? <laughs> right. I actually cleaned the toilet yesterday at my own house. <laughs> Missy, don't talk. Don't talk. Shut. Okay. All right. So the point is, listen. Everybody's. Everybody can do stuff, right? We can all get busy doing stuff. But I'm talking about cultivating the garden. I'm talking about doing what Haley's just described. I'm talking about serving in your gift and working uh, where God has placed you and doing things you haven't done in a long time. Which is, I used to pray for people and prophesy. God put an axe head back on for you to start doing that again. Amen? 
There's some things you just haven't done in a while. God's fixing to call you back to it. Amen? Everybody good? Praise God. So, in the name of Jesus, get back to work. And everybody said? Amen. (laughs) Yes. All right. A couple more items of business. Let me just say, and we're done. Let me just say, I'm excited. That was like the most unconvincing way to say that, right? I'm excited. (laughs) I prayed this over somebody this morning because I need, I prayed it over my own heart. Anxiousness, all that kind of stuff, you know what it is? Anxiousness is, is what takes the hope of the future and sucks it right out. How many of you still have a dream or a vision for your, for your life and for this body in your heart? Anxiousness is this idea of like, is, is hesitation to move into the future because we're just worried or fearful or anxious about what's in the future. What we were designed to be like So we have this overwhelming hope. Anticipation about what God has for us right now and to come. And we walk with this sense of, I don't know. We walk with this sense of, let me say it this way. I'm not making any sense, but I'm going to say it this way. Y'all know I'm, I'm, my favorite passage of Scripture in the Bible is Philippians 2, 5 through 11, but also the Beatitudes, right? And right now I'm doing a deep dive studying the Beatitudes, a nine-week course, and we're going to do the word blessed this week. Blessed are you. That word translated is happy. And so that word happy means obviously much more than happy, just, you know, externally. I'm, I'm happy. I got pizza that makes me happy, Okay. <laughs> But can I say on some level, can I say on some level that in a world so full of despair and uncertainty about the future, what would people who have a sense of hope and happiness for what's ahead, how counterculture would that be right now? What would that look like to walk forward into our future as a church with this overwhelming sense of hope and happiness and blessing that what we do will be fruitful? Let's do this. Grab the hand of your neighbor. We're going to, play, we're going to, we're going to bless one another in closing prayer. I have so enjoyed I've so enjoyed worship this morning, and the reason I enjoyed worship this morning, because it was a day full of exalting God. He's holy and high and lifted up and exalted and majesty, right? Like this whole, this like regal worship where he's the king and we all, we all exalt him as such. That's, so it's been a wonderful day, all right? And so Jesus is king, and that's in my prayer. Father God, I pray over these people. Pray over us as a body, as a church, that you would light the fire in our hearts again on the testimony of what 
uh, Haley testified of. You would light that fire in us again to do the work of the ministry and to cultivate God's garden here. That you would bless every person. I pray that our hearts would be in sync and we would all be in unity in one accord. That every member would do its part, causing growth for the whole body. I pray that you would bless us. I pray that our rising up and our laying down, that our coming in and our going out, that all of it would be kissed and blessed by God. And I pray in the name of Jesus over this congregation, over these people, over, the, over this, this church that you have planted in this garden, in this part of your bigger Eden, God, I pray that you would fill our hearts with anticipation and hope for the future. Remove anxiety. Remove worry. Remove a, a sense of toil that is fruitless. Restore to your people again tools that have been inadvertently cast off into the river. Do supernatural signs and wonders among your people and make the axe head float again. May our faith be built up to do the will of God. Equip us. May we work. May we co-labor with Christ and work. And may we see your house built up. In Jesus' name, and everybody in agreement said, Amen. Hug each other's neck. I will see, we will see you next time. God bless you.